Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered with me, your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here with my friend Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon. How's it going, Vic, on this beautiful December week? Hello, Mary Catherine. It's going fine. I continue to make progress on the Beatles Get Back documentary. Good, I, good. I'm now on episode two. And you know, it's funny. You said last uh, last episode hour of our episode, you said uh, if the one thing you'd want is George Harrison's wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you notice how much fur these guys wear? So much. Everybody, man furs. And it's like fur coats. <laughs> I understand fur was a big thing back in the day in general, women and minks, and it was a big deal. And I really am curious about like, what are the sales like, sales numbers for minks and things of that nature now? But, but men wearing fur was, yeah, it was very. A it was quite a thing. And the only American I ever knew who wore was like Joe Namath at the time, you know, but, but the Beatles and they, they, and they, and they pull it off. And sometimes it's not even a fur John Glenn's who is their uh, co-producer guy on, on the Beatles. You see, he was wearing that coat with the white feathers. I yes. mean, that's really a bold look. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was 1969. We, they, this was counterculture, man. They were rock stars. They, they, they were rock to... stars, and, and the pants is, I, don't, I don't know how they breathe in those pants. It's it was a snug it was a snug fit. Uh, yeah. No, but I've 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 been in, I've been enjoying the documentary, and it really quite the ending to the first episode where George just up and leaves. Yes, and and he and I think that well, I mean, I was going to say it must be weird for you know, like the remainder of his life when in the song get back is ever played is it always bring back bad memories for him <laughs> you know i don't know well well the thing i've gathered from this documentary is you know george was the quiet beetle and yes. i think i think now we know why yeah they didn't yeah. they didn't want to hear him talk no they they didn't and he yeah that's right i mean i mean it must have been so different when harrison was doing his own thing and everyone gets and this is what our friend mike warren was telling me before is that harrison had spent some time in the united states so he had just come back and that while he was there he was hanging out with dylan and also um the band and mike says that they were all fanboying him you know what i mean they're just right. you know everybody's looking up to this 25 year old at the time then he comes back and then he's treated as the baby brother you know right. and so well, and it's he, so frustrating and it makes sense that they would feel that way about him because he was what 13 14 when he joined them in the first place so that sort of sticks yes in their, in their mind. mind it's sort of like i joined the weekly standard when i was 23 right and, and no I, one has ever let you grow up Vic. no and so even when i was 40 you know, Bill would still come over to me and say, hey, can you reject this person's, you know, you know, unsolicited manuscript? And it was like some crank and and and, and there was no email. So I had to type up, you know, the, like, where where is he? Oh, he I, I have to mail him the rejection slip oh. and, and and send him what we call the NQR, which is not quite right, which is which is a it, it sounds it, it, That's it, such it, a it, kind way to say it. Yes. An NQR. Uh, which I think pod invented that line, but it's like, you know, it's just not quite right for us. And that's, that's not a lie. It just isn't, you know, the, uh, and, and I, and I was convinced it's just because Bill in his mind thought I was, you know, still, you but know, see, this works this to, kid. this work to your advantage. Cause it's sort of a professional Peter Pan situation 
where <laughs> you is that a good thing though really <laughs> yes, because because your income grew but you got to oh. lunch like a <laughs> drinking lunch like a 23 year old the grew a little it grew a little bit and uh and then You're buying and, nicer drinks at lunch that's well i wasn't really buying the drinks let's be honest uh <laughs> and and then and then and then finally i pulled my own harrison and left for the beacon but in any in any event it, it's a it's such a great documentary and you are right about the scene with peter sellers <laughs> where he shows up because of course uh for he is not fanboying the no, Beatles at all no he was looking well john is acting weird and i know he, yeah. he's on heroin you know but he's acting weird and he's saying weird things and and you can see the look on peter seller's face like okay gonna get out of here now i think i'll take my leave yeah, that was it that was it mary Catherine, how are you because we could talk I'm, about this forever but we need to move I'm on good. we uh on? we have sustained no more Christmas decor related injuries. So that's, that's good. No, he- news. no head injuries. No, not, uh, not since the original. I remain very sore from my workout, but I I'm trying to get back. I got on the bike this morning. So just these, these muscles need to move, man. Cause I, <laughs> I can't, I've been stuck, but I have realized that and it's being, cold out there and being extremely sore, uh, makes me a more efficient human because I'm a very, I'm sort of scattered generally. Okay. When I'm sore, I have to think about whether it's worth going up or down the stairs in my house. <laughs> and so when I think that way, I remember all the things I need to do downstairs or the things I need to. Yes. Take While downstairs. I'm downstairs, let me do X, Y, yes. and Z. And I realized this is how my husband lives every day. He's just, he's always, he's always knowing what the next thing is, thinking ahead, planning, do it. I, I don't live that way. So it's very. I, I imagine it's a though, peek he, into another world. He, he he is an efficient processor. He is, you know, is. where and it takes us a long time to just put things together. I think yes, I'm somewhat, I'm somewhat amazed. He rubs off on me a little bit, but I'm somewhat mm-hmm. amazed that he can put up with the way that I live my life. He must look at it and go, God, you could, this could be so much better. No, he <laughs> really, he really is somebody that I personally aspire to all the time. And I always think to myself, what, 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 what would Steve think? Well, WWSD. What would Steve <laughs> We're going to have to have him on the, on the show. Sometimes. Yes. yes would Although, something. I would have a long discussion with him just about working out. It'd be so yes. people would learn so much. <laughs> oh, I, but he is not, he's, he's not without fault because yesterday he misunderstood how bubble bath works. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm intrigued. So, so I bought, my husband loves a bath. He's not shy about this. <laughs> this, is, this is the weirdest thing that, okay. This, I, I, Look, Alex is nodding. Yes. 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 He's, okay, not no, shy, I, he's not yeah. shy about it. He lights a candle. Okay. It's, not a bath, but bubble, bubble bath. Bubble well, bath. not nor- normally it's like an Epsom salt bath. You know, it's like a, he's uh, he worked okay. out. He needs to soak. Oh, so well, okay. But he, he enjoys it. And I'm, I'm not a bath person. Never, never been one. I, it's always better in theory than in practice for me. Yeah. Cause uh, you're, you're, you're in your own the bathroom. It's just like, it's, I don't, I don't, and then I have to get out and then I feel like I have to shower after I get out. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. That's what you used to, kids would, you would have to do that to kids. So okay, he does you're the, done with your bath, take a shower. Right. So he does the Epsom salt thing and for his, for his muscles. So I got some, a different kind of Epsom salt. That's like a, like a, it's like a foaming bath of Epsom salts because the Epsom salts go so fast. We go through them like crazy. And I was like, okay, <laughs> he doesn't realize quite the foaming effect this is going to have. And he, I'm sitting in the bedroom on my sore, sore butt. And he's like, he's like, Hey, uh, come in here. I think we got a bad batch of this stuff. And I was like, 
is it going to be worth yeah. it for me to come in there? Right. And he's like, no, 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 you got to see, you got to see. And I was like, if this is a, if this is a D joke, I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I just got my stuff here. And so I, I eventually go into the bathroom and he is like Julia Robertson, pretty woman covered in bubbles up, up to the window ledge above the bath because, uh, when the when the foaming bath told him to put in a generous amount, apparently he over he overshot that one. It's 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 like is it is so with the Epsom salt? Is it like a cap? You know, like you know when you do bubble bath, it's you like put a, a cap thing. Worth? But oh, I, yeah. I don't, I'm I'm skeptical about foaming how many Eps, foaming Epsom salt. That's that's very very the 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 the, the plot thickens. Yeah, if you at will. any rate, and you open the door, and it's it's like it was like the, the you know the Brady Bunch scene with the with the washing machine, and it's just yes. you know it's a good thing you opened the door because it could he have been had, all, no he cool. had he had quite an experience. He's like, does what he do also I do? have do I drown does, the bubbles? Does he have? The, is he surrounded by scented candles when you open yes, the he, door? Is that what? Is well, it like? He, yeah, he legit lights a candle. It's not a. <laughs> you know, there's a scene like this in that wonderful Steve Soderbergh movie, Out of Sight. And George Clooney is having a, a bath with the cat, and it, but it's but it's J Lo's dream sequence because he's oh no guy would actually do that. That's the giveaway. Except for this is real. This is yeah. amazing, and it's real for you. Okay, it's real. It's real. But uh, the the bubbles did eventually fade. We we didn't we did not have any problems throughout the rest of the house. How long does Although spend, it was close. How, when you when you when you sit in a bath like that, how how long do you spend in in, in the bath? I don't know. Him, oh, him so. a while i i don't do it like i do it just as long as i'm like okay right. i need to soak my muscles all right i'm out now he's he's in there for a while until like the prune factor <laughs> no one no you, the, obviously listeners can't say i'm showing my fingers the prune factor <laughs> oh you know what there's no segue from this to schools oh no <laughs> i got news for you vic yes because that's what we do on this show news well yeah every now and then <laughs> um the new york times has noticed that parents are frustrated with schools. So that's nice. That's, that's, um, a, that's a bad indicator. Sometimes I feel like the, the, the job of someplace like the New York Times is just to tell us, or Politico for that matter, it's just to tell all of us, like sort of right-leaning people, things that we've known for a year and a half, but they're introducing it to a new audience. Yes, um, yes. And they've known it all along, but they're just finally <laughs> now letting their readers know, by the way, yeah, as my friend Carol, you can find her on Twitter at Carol, K-A-R-O-L, who's great. She said, she's like, I, I really like David Leonhardt, who's the COVID writer yeah, for the New York Times. Times. And I think he's a great writer. And I'm so glad that he's letting the New York Times readers know the things that we've known since yes. 2020. That's right. Well, I mean, uh, that you, I always, I've always treated them and certain other publications as bellwethers. That yes. if they're finally coming around to the fact that, you know, X, Y, or Z, for example, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, yeah. you know, if, if the, you know, turning on Hillary Clinton is usually a sign things are bad or whatever it is, or Biden, Afghanistan, you know, it's a, it's interesting to, it, it gives you a pulse. So now yes. so what's the New York Times, the they're reporting schools are closing classrooms on Fridays. Parents are furious. Now this is a trend that has picked up since the remote school became an option. Schools are more often taking that option. I don't know if you've experienced this in your life. One of the reasons that, that we decided to send our kids outside the public school system this year, even though it opened, I homeschooled them last year. We sent them private this year. The reason for that was that 
I was not confident that the public schools, having had no practice during 2020, 2021, would reliably open this year. And the thing and, is, there, there are reasons why you're not confident about this, because it's true, the answer. Yes. So that's happening a lot of places, because it turns out, so a lot of private schools opened the first year. And so they had practice dealing with the uncertainties of COVID mm -hmm. and what it looked like if someone tested positive or was exposed and they had practiced these protocols. The public schools did not do that here. Right. They hadn't, and, they had, the, and the private school teachers are mentally conditioned to handle dealing with this five days a week. Yes. So, so now schools are closing due to quote unquote teacher burnout to they, they say it's an attempt to retain teachers who might otherwise yeah. resign or maybe they'll go teach at private schools. Private schools. Uh, yeah. So it starts like this. Caitlin Reynolds, a single mother, and this is Detroit, was happy that her son LJ was finally settled into fourth grade after a rocky experience last year with remote learning. Then on Wednesday, November 17th, an announcement, Detroit public schools would close their classrooms every Friday in December. There would be virtual school only. On Friday, a follow-up announcement. School was also canceled starting that Monday for the entire week of Thanksgiving. That time, there would be no online option. This is happening all over the place. And the thing that really gets me about it, and I've, I've said this before, the one thing you could count on public schools for before was like, maybe you weren't getting the highest quality product, but it was, mm -hmm. it was open. It was, the doors yeah. were open. Your kid could go there. That is no longer the case reliably. And the thing that gets me is, it's so disrespectful to parents, even if you are dealing with real problems, right? Because you tell it, them a day before or several days before that they're going to have to right. scramble to figure out what to do with their kids. That's not their problem. That's the thing. Two things. One is there's teacher burnout, but there can't possibly be parent burnout. <laughs> I'm sure they don't have a problem. We had a similar situation uh, during uh, part of this uh, pandemic where we live, where Mondays are what you call asynchronous Mondays. Yes. So there's no actual formal instruction. You get your workload, your, your homework, uh, you know, your assignments for the day, but you work on them independent. It's like independent study for a day. And then by lunchtime, the kids are like, well, we're done, you know, yeah. and, and suddenly that's it. And so what you have is, you know, a situation where you can work remotely four days a week. So you don't have to get changed or anything. You just, you can do this in your pajamas if you wanted to or whatever. And in addition to that, you get your summer vacation and your benefits. And, uh, and every now and then you get a week off like Thanksgiving. In addition to that, Hey, who wouldn't want that? A couple you know? weeks for Christmas. And it's not, I'm not saying that teaching is an easy job. It's not, it's a no, hard job. And I know that people were, they were up against challenges last year. The issue is that teachers unions in major metro areas there are plenty of places where teachers went to school the whole way through and thank you in major metro areas schools decided that they were non-essential that's yeah. what happened they told yeah. everyone you don't really need us and no. they went to remote which but you better give it but but you better agree to work you know uh these you know demands otherwise well, that's we're not the thing back. they went they went remote in order to partly for mm -hmm. randy weingarten to who is the head of the um the American Federation of Teachers, yeah. very powerful national. She teachers delivers union. for her. She does deliver for her union. I mean, that, that's the thing. Her constituency, her constituency ain't teachers and it ain't students, but she made demands of the Biden administration and they got tons and tons and tons and tons of money yeah. to quote unquote, go back to school. Well, they could have gone back to school the whole time. And now, and this is the part that gets me many of the problems that teachers are facing now, which lead to burnout were created 
by canceling school for a year last yeah. year. There's learning loss. There's emotional oh. issues. The Surgeon General has announced that there's a mental health crisis among young people, probably because they didn't have any of the touchstones of socialization and learning and all the things that make you happy for an entire year in many um, places. Kids under pressure, pushed by the pandemic. Today, the Surgeon General issuing a rare public health advisory, warning of a youth mental health crisis. Our kids have been struggling for a while and we can no longer wait uh, to address youth mental health in our country. On the other hand, you know, the kids might get a virus that has only a 99.998% recovery rate. So, yeah. you know, um, you it's won't just believe, best for having them wear masks at the playground. You won't believe who the New York Times goes to for a quote on this. Uh, not only, Vic, are we not concerned about parent burnout, <laughs> parents are probably the problem, says Randy Weingarten. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet they just went to Randy Weingarten, yeah. so she, she delivers says, the goods. Battles in the classroom, says the New York Times, from mask mm -hmm. mandates to debates over critical race theory That's have it. also taken a toll, said Randy Weingarten. What you hear from teachers, she says, is that it's been too much and they're trying the best they can. <sighs> quote, quote, critic. They should have put that in quotes because, you know, it's not being taught, although it should, because if you're opposed to it, then that, that's racism. But not we're, we're not teaching it. But if we did, you would be racist for opposing it. But so we should teach it. But we're not yet. <laughs> You, I think you, I think you encapsulated that nicely. I you now like understand. That was, that was I understand I go, the battle. I go, I go a little bit crazy there. Uh, as, as you yeah. might imagine, the, the kids who have suffered most from all of this is those who were already behind, um, who have fallen more behind. This, of course, increases mm -hmm. inequality in people's learning and the, the standards, and it has led to many other issues. They don't learn when it's they're at just... home, it's the gap and the test scores reflect this special needs kids. You know, my sister has a special needs daughter and it's awful. It's awful. They're not going to follow on the screen. I mean, it's just, they just don't. And, and you're seeing this throughout and it's trying to be downplayed. Uh, and the thing is, okay, fine. You know, the teachers unions or whoever they'll get, you know, they'll get their demands, but parents, a lot of parents are going to be upset. And the question is, well, let's see who, uh, who shows up, you know, next November, who's going to be more upset or not. And well, uh, we saw this happen I... last time. I mean, it's like, they just don't get it. Well, that's what I wonder. It, it seems quite clear that um, Randy Weingarten doesn't mm -hmm. get the political implications mm -hmm. of this. And I think what happens next? Our producers know that minorities are falling behind in math because of the pandemic. And then yeah. USA Today, I did see this piece, did did a piece this week called "Is Math Racist?" Yeah. Okay. It's... There are there are systemic obstacles that are in place that people mm -hmm. have trouble overcoming. The issue is the people who are lecturing us about how to overcome them are the ones who made them worse last year. That's right. And when people like me said that this is getting worse. They told us we were crazy and wanted a bunch of kids to die. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So <laughs> to, put it, to put it frankly. Yeah. Oh, so I think what, what happens next, though, is that uh, Randy Weingarten is looking out for her union and she's doing it rationally on that front. Right. It's hurting a bunch of other people, including all these single parents who really that. She should stump. She should stump for candidates more in the next election. I would love that really it. Really work actually, for Terry. I, I jokingly Virginia. tweeted that she should come to Virginia and stump with Terry McAuliffe, and she did. Did you actually? And, uh, did you? Did you see her performance? 
Oh, I, wel- really... I welcome it in every battleground state. Yeah. I welcome yeah. it. There That's is the a, yeah, these quotes ahead. too are from places like Michigan and Pennsylvania, parents dealing with this stuff in battleground states where mm-hmm. things are going to be contested mm-hmm. and people are ticked. And I think the next step is politically speaking that people start, and I think this began last year, you've seen an uptick in homeschooling, you've seen an uptick in uh, desire for school choice. And the next step is for people to go like, you, you guys aren't serving us right. the way that we require that and that we deserve as taxpayers. And yet you ask for the same amount of money and more and more, which by the way, doesn't go to teachers. It goes to administrators and like critical race theory advisors. That's right. <laughs> no. they, you know, because, but they love to use that to go. you know, like the money goes directly into the classroom and it really doesn't. There's also a bunch of money sitting around from that, from that, from that money, Randy land, just sitting around. Maybe that could go to people for bonuses for burnout. <laughs> I mean, it's since we've already spent it. At any rate, there is a case before the Supreme Court, which might make a difference in all of this. It is a case about money going from voucher programs in various states mm-hmm. to religious institutions, because many private schools are parochial schools or religious schools. And those, I would note, were open almost without faith in the first year of the pandemic. They love to school. not acknowledge that, by the way, <laughs> because it's like the fact that, they, you know, we've had you know, in private schools, much to the envy for uh, a lot of us who are not able to get our kids into the private school at that time, they're going in, you know, even if they're masking, you know, that's, that's fine. It's great. Everybody was fine. There was, you know, they were, it turned out they were not major vector for causing spikes in deaths and, and their, the kids are better off for it. Yes. And, and there was, by the way, evidence for this in summer of 2020 by summer of 2020 that in European countries and particularly Scandinavian countries that kids were not going to be the issue and even unmasked. They could be That's in schools. Right. There was also even reporting by NPR in the summer of 2020 that indicated that YMCA's across the country who took in children of essential workers. So the children of ER nurses and doctors, mm-hmm. people who had to be exposed were in YMCA's all over the country. And there was almost no issue yeah. with transmission. So we, we had evidence and we ignored it at any rate. That's why everybody you could also, looking- you know, it's, it's where you go to get yourself clean and have a good meal. Oh, <laughs> sorry. It has a theme song and everything. I, yeah, it's true. So at any you rate, hang out with all the boys. Okay. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> Keep it up, man. We can, <laughs> we, can, we can go for a while on this one. <laughs> it's a good song. We got to put it on video so that we can that's do right. the motion. Yeah, that's right. So this is Carson versus Macon. It's a, it's a, it's a case out of Maine where some parents would like to send their kids to, to an evangelical school, even evangelical Christian school. The state offers tuition assistance for parents who would like to send their kids outside the public school system, but right now does not allow that for religious schools. In the past, the court has ruled that these kind of programs can't discriminate on religious affiliation or religious That's right. adherence. That's right. There was a Montana case prior to that. Um, yes. So the Biden administration right now is, is making the argument that these folks don't have standing in this case and that they should d- dismiss the case, that SCOTUS should dismiss the case, which the tea leaf readers, this is reported, by the way, in the Free Beacon by Kevin Daly. That's right. Uh, the tea leaf readers uh, think that means Biden administration sees the writing on the wall here and that they are not going to win this case. And so there may be more opportunities for escaping public schools in the near future because the fact is one of the reasons that the, the inequality rose so much in, in 
in learning in the past year, mm-hmm. the past couple of years, is that people who had resources could get out of the system that was failing them. That's and right. I would just like more people to have that opportunity. It's a very interesting case in Maine because it's it, it's a small enough state that they can do this and offer um, subsidies and, and, and vouchers for Mainers and their, and their kids who, uh, so a lot of them, uh, you know, they're way out in the sticks, as they say, you know, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I mean, one of the, one of the cases is obviously Bangor, but, you know, I mean, there are parts of this, the state where there is not uh, an accessible public school nearby. Right. And so in order to fix that uh, problem, uh, the state allows you to uh, send your kid to a private school. And uh, the, 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 the problem specifically, though, was that they did elect for vouchers to be used at certain religious schools, provided they do not evangelize. Ah. And you can't make that distinction saying that one school does this and the other school doesn't do that, or they don't allow for prayer or whatever. And, right. and so that is on its face sort of a violation of the uh, First Amendment, you know, right of religious to exercise religion, you know. And so um, the, the the Temple Academy is one of the schools in question. They have a pretty, I mean, they provide the education, they teach kids, you know, they teach them the basics, but at the same time, they have a, a strict rule regarding openly gay and trans teacher right. students. And so that's where the state and everybody gets worked up and saying, we can't have our money go to that. But at the same time, you know, a lot of these other schools and public schools that are so obsessed with uh, and, and, and the journal had a, the Wall Street Journal had a good editorial on this about the, the obsession with being a secular school and that secularism is itself for some of these people, a religion, let's face it. Right. So. Well, this is this is the irony. Our friends at the National Education Association, uh, American Federation of Teachers, um, Randy on the case again, are, of course, on the. The, the side of the Biden administration in this case. Uh, also, the National School Boards Association, who you'll remember from sending the infamous uh, domestic terrorist parents letter to the White House oh, yes, uh, of course. to tell to tell the White House they need to crack down on these mm-hmm. uh, these protests that were happening to monitor these parents. school boards. Since that time, by the way, I believe the National uh, School Boards Association has lost about half, maybe a little bit more of its membership. Various states yes, have pulled should. out because yeah. They didn't, uh, they didn't like them doing that in their name. And the quote, I'm sure you'll agree, is beautifully ironic from the National School Board Association's brief. It says, by including a tuition program in its public school offerings, the state is not giving up authority to ensure students who use the program experience an education free from discrimination and, wait for it, indoctrination. Because... <laughs> They're not doing any indoctrination by them. They're not doing any indoctrination. No, it's the wrong kind of indoctrination, Vic. We have to protect (laughs) against. Once again, it's the uh, it's it's the we demand tolerance, and those who don't must not be tolerated. So you know exactly. So we'll see if that opens up some doors. Of course, uh, much like the uh, like the uh, abortion related case, that decision will likely come down in June or July. That's and, right. Uh, there's there's going to be a slew of cases that the, the left might very well get pummeled with. We don't know. I mean, we don't know. I don't know. I mean, but but yeah, uh, I mean, but abortion, this case on, on, on charter schools and school vouchers, per se, and and, and then gun control issues, uh, those things in open carry, uh, uh, th- those things are coming to a head. It's a trifecta, man. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of losing at court, Democrats vaccine mandates are running against running up against many an obstacle at pretty much every level of uh, court decision. The Biden administration's private employer mandate for businesses that have over 100 employees to make sure that they have 
their employees vaccinated has lost, I believe, in every yes. every opportunity legal in the setbacks, courts, which the Biden administration calculated that would be the case, likely. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. like, I don't think it's any secret that they they didn't think this was a slam dunk <laughs> by no. any means. Um, but in the meantime, it certainly did push some employers to do the thing that they had asked them to do, which I think is an irresponsible use of federal regulations, but it did get to the, the thing they wanted in, Which in is some more cases. vaccination. Yeah. Right. More legally, it's a problem. And now politically, it's becoming right. a problem as Politico reports, once again, re- reporting things that we could have told them six months ago. Yes. <laughs> Democrats begin souring on vaccine mandates three months ago, as California Governor Gavin Newsom was turning around his fate in the state's recall election, many Democrats came to the conclusion that they'd struck political gold. Mandates to get the COVID-19 vaccine weren't just extremely valuable public health policy, but they were electorally powerful too. Okay, there's so much wrong with this reading. The fact that Gavin Newsom in California, super, super, super blue state, escaped recall is not a mandate or an indication that he was performing well. The fact that he faced a recall was an indication that he had performed very badly. Again, it's, it's the idea that these people have a, a political mandate based on the fact that what, you know, like in Biden's case, a 50-50 Senate, but, you know, we have a mandate because we now have Kamala Harris to, t- to, t- to break the tie. And in the House, it's like, a, you know, a, a nine seat or whatever margin. So we doubt that definitely is a mandate. And then the same thing to take it to its ex- extreme in governor with Governor Newsom is you're right. Oh, he survived. Therefore, I have a mandate. I survived yeah. the recall. I'm that, I mean, much, I'm, that, I'm that popular. A recall in California for a de- for a Democrat, an incumbent Democrat. I mean, it's that was that was the incorrect reading of that, as they have now discovered. Even the likes of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who has been very on the on the vanguard of of yes. COVID regulations, she has not done a private employee mandate in the state of Michigan, and she is voicing concerns about how that will work for businesses uh, because it turns out people care about the economy. And this is another thing I think people have misread. Like you and I have talked about, there's there are parallel pandemics going on. There's one where people crave the rules and obey the rules and, yes. and want that to be the situation they live in. I'm leave aside whether they're effective or not. Mm-hmm. There's another whole world where there have been fewer regulations and people are happy with the fact that they are able to live life, even when there are downsides, even when it's risky. Yes. We have reached a point in the pandemic where I think the press is misreading that people are mad that the pandemic still exists. When what they're often mad about is the heavy-handed treatment of their That's lives right. in light of the pandemic. That's right. Again, with uh, the idea, for example, about masks forever or, or the advice of please make sure you're double-vaxxed, boosted, and masked. Well, if, how long is this going to go on for? Because are, are you telling me there's not going to be another variant after Omicron? You know, and Omicron is just about arriving now. And then what's going to happen, even though that nobody is, you know, I mean, uh, the number of deaths attributed to Omicron. Uh, I don't think are any at the moment. At some point, maybe there, there will be fine, but this is not any more lethal than Delta. And in fact, everyone's saying it's mild. So why are we having this sort of overreaction and a panic and a shutdown and everything else? Um, it's, it's not a surprise, I think, that these states don't want to do the mandate now because they know 
you know, what kind of a hit they're going to take, first of all, for the economy, as you mentioned, but also for right. city services, crime and safety, you know, firefighters, police, some of I mean, these hundreds, places, hundreds of firefighters. Oh, and and you know, by the way, the last I, thing Chicago needs, you know, right. or, or, or wherever, you know, and I understand people saying, well, that, it's irresponsible of them not to get the vaccine. Well, a lot of them worked the entire pandemic. Yeah, that's right. And a lot of them got COVID as a result of working the entire pandemic yeah. and doing the things that yeah. the rest of us were but told the not antibodies to do. don't last that long. So after a few months, you really should get your double vaccine booster as well. And that is, but they're having none of it, obviously yeah. they're, they're done. They're done with it. So, and it just, and it just like, as, as you and I say, even in cases where I think it is responsible to get vaccinated and I think people should, I think it's, you do have to weigh whether losing hundreds of trained firefighters brings you a more dangerous mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. than the possibility that they might spread COVID within their relatively mm-hmm. young and healthy ranks. That's right. That's right. right? So, you know, you have, you know, you, your, your house might be on fire or you might be a, a victim of a, a terrible crime, but at least you didn't get the COVID. So, you yes. know, as you're again, of the again, weighing the costs and benefits, which is the thing that we <laughs> yeah. did not do with school closings. And now we need to do with the mandates, uh, the likes of Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, Senator uh, John Tester of Montana, Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey. These these guys have all spoken out about maybe not so much with the with the mandates, guys. And I, I do enjoy Jen Psaki of the White House says, hey, we know it works. We're going to keep pushing forward with this. And by the way, did you did you know that Politico just just flagrantly quotes cuss words these days? Uh, you mean like they don't they don't uh, there's no censoring at all. I didn't realize that was a thing now. Uh, it depends, you know, I, I didn't know that about Politico. We here at the Washington Free Beacon, I still hold the line on profanity in the headline, uh, believe it. And I, I have no problem with profanity in the piece. In if, the piece. If, 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 I mean, if it's you're quoting somebody, you yes. know, but in the headline, you don't want to offend, you know, readers with the thing. So I'm big on the M dash. If, if you and it's and it's it, but it's not like uh, Rolling Stone. If you ever read Rolling, this is sorry, I'm a little tangent here. You know, Rolling Stone, you'll be cut, you're reading this sort of political article and it'll be like, oh, this is really interesting. And then the author will just drop an F bomb in the middle because someone's <laughs> a bleeping idiot. And I'm like, it just totally destroys the piece. It just makes it so, you know, unless it's, you know, choose, you know, use them sparingly, people. Yes. That's yes. It. They should be sprinkled. That's right. That's right. My, my only other thought, my, my, my only other thought with the mandate is, you know, the thing is we should have, we should reach a point with, in a lot of these places where the vaccination for single and double dose for these particular States is high enough mm-hmm. that this is not a problem. That's going to, you know, overburden the hospitals with deaths from, from, from the coronavirus. Right. And you already have treatments. If you do get sick, you have monoclonal antibodies. There's going to be a pill coming out soon. This should be, and again, uh, again, it connects to the obsession with caseloads. When in fact, you know, uh, you know, uh, how many people are dying, and uh, and what are the hospital situations like? And that's the discussion we should have. This is why you know the media is so obsessed, and late night talk shows are uh, obsessed with making fun of you know Florida and Texas because they don't have a mandate situation as you know yeah. they're not into mandates down there uh, and they want to make it seem like it's a, a terrible and insane and awful place to live when in fact i don't know if you look at the number of deaths in new york or michigan is or it? if you just look at the number of people heading to california or heading to florida yeah. with their lives and their money or new york who moving yeah. into new york right these the, the proof is in the pudding. The, the closing quote in this political piece from a democratic strategist says it's questioning whether the whether the, the Biden administration can back off of this thing. And it says, 
they can't backpedal now, nor should they. That would be insane. It would F, I'm going to use the <laughs> thank you. F every local elected official who's tried to follow their lead and cause mass confusion, adding that the White House is on solid ground, both politically and morally. Legally, however, <laughs> I don't I don't think he's right about any of those. Legally, they're definitely not on solid ground. We shall see what happens. And because the Biden administration does have a way of effing everyone with their strategies, they they probably will back off of this. And that's that's the worst case scenario for those who supported the mandate is to be in support of a thing that never comes to fruition that makes a bunch of people really angry. Oops. That's right. And it's happened to Republicans plenty of times, too, because of missteps. it's not a fun place to be where you're paying a price for a thing that never even happened. That's right. Yeah, we'll Oops. See. Uh, well, I can announce as well to you, Vic, that um, my former colleague, Chris Cuomo, is no longer a CNN personality slash anchor slash. Yes, that was rather abrupt. It was, you know, it, it was. Who, me or Chris leaving? <laughs> But no, the transition, uh, all of the above, all of the, I didn't, I knew you were going to bring it up, but uh, I said, well, I'm just going to let you just bring no, that I mean, up it's, and, it's a, and you're, and you know, I'm going to leave it to your, your comfort level. Really? Yeah. The, the deed is done. He, uh, CNN, um, CNN's Chris Cuomo, who was the 9 PM anchor, uh, got in trouble several times over for helping his brother, governor, Andrew Cuomo n- navigate his COVID catastrophes Mm -hmm. and his uh alleged sexual assault i think they're more than alleged at this point we've figured out that many of them were true uh sexual assault allegations and he repeatedly told the network's boss jeff zucker that he was doing less of that than he was really doing so every time there was an issue he would say no i'm i'm sorry for that and here's what i was doing and he's my brother and i love him and then you'd find out later that he did more than that well, that's a, that's a problem. It was a problem to help him in the first place. And then it's a problem to lie about helping him. And so now he is, he is out. The thing that cracks me up. About who, the who, who, who took his slot? Is it Smirconish? Oh, there's nobody who has it's, it right now. It's, it's up for grabs. O'clock? Oh, okay. and it has, it's been up for grabs in the last couple of years. They could put you Momo on. They could put you on from nine to 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think, uh, what cracks me up about the reporting about this is, um, and this is from, uh, I believe this is from Variety. Says perhaps the most stunning aspect of Chris Cuomo's downfall at CNN was the speed at which it transpired. But then this is the next. This is the next sentence. For more than six months after the Washington <laughs> Post first revealed that Cuomo had advised his brother and members of his staff about responding to a raft of sexual harassment allegations, it appeared the primetime star would skate by. But everything unraveled quickly after the six months, starting <laughs> starting last Monday evening, when the New York Attorney General's office released a cash of documents showing that Cuomo was far more involved in Andrew Cuomo's war room, fending off allegations that he had previously acknowledged. And by Tuesday evening, uh, the indefinite suspension had become a firing. That's right. All this stuff was an issue six months ago. That To me, this is like the, and I've tweeted about it. This is not sure. news uh, that, that I feel this way, but it's a cardinal sin of, can it be a cardinal sin? Or, yeah, a cardinal sin sure. of, of journalism that you should avoid the even the appearance of conflicts of interest, particularly with your family. That's a no-brainer. Yes. Your brother, the governor of New York. Yes, uh, and so, I... Oh, go ahead. Well, what's interesting is I, I don't doubt Chris Cuomo was taken by surprise because when this first broke, uh, Jeff Sucker had his back. 
you know, and said, you know, it wasn't handled the most ideal way, but at the same time, I understand it's his brother. He's doing this and this is how it happened. And, and we're working to fix that. Okay. Everything is fine. And then suddenly the, the Tish James, you know, uh, report comes out and, 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 and these new findings come out. And, uh, I guess CNN had hired the law firm, uh, that did its own investigation and found something else, an additional yes. allegation. And that whatever it is, we don't know the specifics of this yet, whatever that is, that is what happened. And, and that's the part that happened fast. As, as soon as right. they came out with that report and this additional allegation that we don't know about, then they went to, uh, then I guess uh, Zucker spoke to Cuomo over the weekend and, right. and said, that's it. It's over. It's no longer an indefinite suspension, but you are flat out out and without severance which costs him millions upon millions of dollars for the next, I think he had three or four years left on his contract. It was quite a price. He was getting 6 million a year. A lot of, a lot of money. And there's, there's the word on the street is, and in this variety piece is what I mean by on the street is that he will sue over that. And there will be likely a big fight between these, these two media, the, the allegation is that uh, the attorney, Deborah Katz, who represents one of Andrew Cuomo's accusers contacted CNN uh, regarding an allegation of sexual misconduct. It should be noted that Chris Cuomo already admitted that he did perpetrate one of the allegations of sexual misconduct with a former colleague whose butt he grabbed at an event. That's uh, right. So, that, but he said that, it was non-sexual. non-sexual you, know, you know those. You know those kinds. I, I I do that all the time. I just. So we'll see what happens. Uh, he, for his part, Cuomo on his radio show with uh, SiriusXM, apologized. Uh, to his colleagues for putting them in a bad position. I've apologized in the past. I mean, it. it's the last thing I ever wanted to do was compromise any of my colleagues and do anything but help. I know they have a process that they think is important. I respect that process. So I'm not going to talk about this any more uh, than that. So for right now, let's just get after it. And there's plenty to do. Mm-hmm. Um, for defense because a number of them and people we know that you know uh, came to his defense and 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 now there seems to be more so that makes it a bit more awkward perhaps yes but now, now there's talk about who will take that 9 p.m slot mm-hmm. obviously and there's talk about uh where where and if Cuomo could be rehabilitated perhaps in a YouTube show or an actor you know Hollywood. It, it, it sounds so dismissive Hollywood yeah sure it sounds so dismissive but of course, you know, Megan Kelly does one, and I think she's enormously uh, yes. popular uh, on that. It's a, it's a weird life, obviously, because it's not the same. And, you know, I guess you can make the argument that it's, you know, uh, that that that's old media, you know, so that you uh, that this is this is where it is now. And if, if you make money, you make money. That's that's great. I would say the one thing I was going to say was, you know, it's bad when C- so Chris Cuomo then replies and refutes these new allegations saying that there's nothing new, you know, and everyone knew up front, you know, the, I, you know, I told them everything, et cetera. And CNN's reply is we're really disappointed in Chris's statement. Disappointed is the way that's how you get at your kids. You know, I'm really disappointed, you know, it's because I, you let me down and to make, you know, that's, that's, that's bad. Well, I don't know where it goes from here, but I have, like I said, I've tweeted about it before and I just think it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, the, the I remember my dad was a newspaper man, and I remember as a kid um, being obviously uh, quite accomplished in both academics and athletics. Vic, uh, that I would, <laughs> <laughs> I, would I would occasionally, I would occasionally earn 
some sort of prize in elementary school or middle school or high school. And when the newspaper came to cover that, I often could not be in the story too much uh, because, or if the newspaper just came for something incidental and was taking pictures of field day, I couldn't be in those pictures because the appearance might be that my dad was favoring, you know, had favoritism towards me by putting, by putting me in the local paper and making me a star. But, (laughs) (laughs) but to me, that, that tiny little nothing example of my Uh dad making sure that I wasn't in the field day pictures from my elementary school that were like just local color that colored my version of how, how you do this job. And, and a lot of people say, oh, he was helping his brother. You family comes first. Look, you can take a leave of absence. To help. You can be very yeah. transparent about how you're helping your family, or you can or just you could, not do a news anchor job. Yeah, you or, you, or you could line. dig dirt on women and yep. say that, you know, they should not, not, not all women should be believed. So, you know, hashtag not all that. women. You know, the, the, ultimately, the, the winner, once again, once again, the winner in all this, lawyers. Yes. Employment law. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, I am headed out today to oh. Philadelphia with a newborn and my husband. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we're making a short jaunt to go to the Travis Mannion Foundation Gala. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Travis, Tra- Travis Mannion Foundation named for a fallen Marine who I never actually yes. knew personally, but I've known his family uh, since that very hard time of their lives. And since then they have grown the Travis Mannion Foundation into this very large veteran services organization that does amazing things in communities all over the country. Yes to allow both fallen families of the fallen and and communities to remember the legacy and the, and the values of those we've lost. Um, and it's a really, really fun group of people, very challenging, uh, that you can pushes me to be better. And so we haven't been able to get together in person since the pandemic, basically, because, uh, the, the gala could not happen last year in Philadelphia. So I'm getting dressed up tonight, Vic, and we're going out to the gala and I'm going to wear my baby, like a handbag. The most expensive, loudest pictures. Handbag. Make sure you post those pictures. And if people want to know more about Travis Mannion, where do they go? It's travismannion.org. That's Mannion is M-A-N-I-O-N.org. And you can see it all over my Instagram. Fantastic. And that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at victorinamattis.com. I am at MK Hammer on Twitter, and you can find me on Instagram at MK Hammer Time. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys going on this journey with us. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>